Welcome to Know Your Risk Radio on 97.3 Cairo FM and AM 770 KTTH. Know Your Risk Radio is hosted by Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. Whether it's preservation of capital or an aggressive growth strategy, every investor needs a clearly defined risk profile. Know Your Risk Radio is brought to you by Bulwark Capital, helping families navigate the ever-changing and often volatile markets. Know Your Risk Radio starts now. Here's your host, Zach Abraham. And we are back. Thank you so much for joining us for another of the most scintillating hour in finance radio. And if you can't tell, I'm pumped to be back. Like I was telling the people in the three-minute warm-up up here in a little, or, or not little, original station in Seattle, 770. I said last week I was going to be out of, attending, out of town attending family business. And I laughed because somebody asked me, is everything okay with your family? And I went, Why? That attending family business sound kind of ominous. And I went, oh, no, it was actually spring break with the kids. So uh, <clears throat> a working break, obviously. A um, lot, <laughs> lot to discuss. I came back with uh, uh, enough notes for this show probably to go on for seven hours straight. But uh, <laughs> we obviously don't have quite that bandwidth here. So uh, we're gonna truncate this down and and get get down to get down to brass tacks. Update us on you know what's been going on this week and what continues to go on. And obviously, like I was saying, the, the focus was still on the commodity side of things. I promised interviews this week. I actually pushed them off to next week because first of all, there were complications with being Good Friday. Guy we wanted to have on had some stuff going on. And our schedules conflicted, and we just couldn't make it work. Um, I kind of, I shamefully forgot about that when we booked it. But also, I, I was gonna delay it anyway, meaning I wasn't gonna air part of that interview on today's show because there's still groundwork that we need to do, and there's things that we need to understand. And what really prompted this, what really prompted that for me, pushing off that interview, was an interview I heard on CNBC, and I'm forgetting the gentleman's name. But they had a couple guests on talking about the state of the markets. And you had one guy on, Ron and Sauna, who is not a stupid guy. Um, but in my opinion, he is the classic case of a very knowledgeable journalist trying to pivot more to the investment side. For instance, Ron and Sauna, and, and I'm not knocking him. I just, I'm trying to set this up so you guys understand. Uh, Ron and Sauna decided to leave uh, journalism and launch a hedge fund in the second half of 2007, I believe. So that didn't go very well. And um, he's just, in my opinion, he's, he's a smart guy, articulate guy. But in my opinion, he is the, really the kind of the poster child of financial journalism, meaning these guys know everything that's going on and they can regurgitate to you the narrative of the day and the talking points of the day, but you're never going to hear an original thought out of them. Um, and again, that's not a slam. There's just so much of that in the financial industry where I look at these people and I go, listen, what they're saying isn't wrong. It's not, it's not untrue. They're not stupid. It's just not useful, right? That's one of the, that's one of the reasons that we work so closely with Chase Taylor and, uh, of Pinecone Macro Research and why he's joining our firm for on a full-time basis, uh, next year is he's one of the few analysts and one of the few, you know, very deep thinkers on this topic, great researchers that, that creates actionable research. And, and, you'll, and, and for those of you that are on financial Twitter and pay attention to financial Twitter and, and the different podcasting networks that are you know, represented there, and you, you know exactly what I'm talking about, which is there are people out there that do phenomenal research, right? But then you get to the end of it and you're sitting there going, okay, well, great for pointing that out. Now, how do we play this? And then they might list one or two ideas and you're like, I, don't, I just don't like it. It's not actionable, right? Um, that's kind of the way I'd view a Ron, Ron and Sauna type. And, and, and the world is, we are drowning in those types. What we really need. Now, listen, it's not as, it's, it's typically not as intellectually stimulating or attractive, right? Because the smartest, most esoteric and ethereal, right, types of explanations, they're more mentally invigorating. Right? They, they sound smarter. It's kind of why the people always say that bears, the guys talking about the imminent collapse of the global economy, it's, it's a more intellectually stimulating conversation. 
And typically, they're, you know, a lot of times they've got more facts and data and charts and all that kind of stuff. At the end of the day, though, this game is not about talking about financial markets. It's about profiting from them and managing the risks that can result from them. So anyway, I kind of get off a tangent there. But, but the other guy they were interviewing, I forget the gentleman's name, but he was talking a lot of, uh, about the things that we've been discussing lately. And I just sat there and, I th- and he made several good points where he just said, listen, you've got to understand something that you've got now a whole generation of investors. And I'm talking guys who have been in the game for 15 years, right? That started off as a junior analyst, moved to senior analyst, and are now portfolio managers. And they have never seen a scenario in which you didn't buy the dip in tech, right? And that's why you see so many of these hedge funds with pristine records having bad years, which is kind of amazing to me because, you know, we're not killing it, but our value fund is up about, that's the fund I manage. Um, no, our momentum fund has struggled together. They're slightly positive on the year, right around even still. Um, but the value portfolio is up right around 7% on the year. And I've actually been frustrated that we're not performing better. Um, just because the financial performance of the underlying positions has been so phenomenal. Now it'll catch up. Um, but it is kind of crazy to turn around and see some of these funds down 20, 25% where you're like, what are you doing? And what it comes down to is they don't know how to navigate these markets and they're not going to listen to people telling them to pivot because the reason that they've become portfolio managers, the reason they've made hundred million dollar bonuses is because they bought the dip in tech. Right? People do what we're trained to do. We do what we're rewarded for doing. Just like training a dog. Right? You want to learn how to sit, you got to give him a treat. So that's kind of what prompted this where I thought, okay, we need to discuss a different way to look at these things because the lens and the metrics that you've been looking at markets for for really 15 years, 13 years at least, um, it ain't going to work now. It's a completely different ballgame. And a perfect example of this is talking about, you know, the innovation trend, right? The Kathy Wood form of investing. What is the most innovative company? Here's the problem, guys. Innovation doesn't matter when you can't heat your house, right? Innovation is something that we can focus, like, it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Or Maslow. I always get it mixed up. It's Maslow. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? To move up, you know, to spiritual enlightenment, right? For instance, you, you can't be starving to death, right? You can't be on the verge of dying of thirst, right? The baselines have to get covered for us. It's like, you know, worrying about your child becoming magna cum laude when he's six years old and there's no food in the fridge, right? You're, you're, <laughs> you're getting way out ahead of yourself. We got to cover the basics first. And, and that's very much the case with this market. Right. Meaning what what all of a sudden, you know, are higher rates impacting tech? Of course. Yeah. But really, what is why is tech not working all of a sudden? Right. Why is why, why is energy taking off? Is this a short lived trend? No, I, you guys know my thoughts. I don't believe that. I think it's the beginning of a, a super cycle. Now, I wouldn't expect that super cycle to look or last like previous super cycles have. I think it'll probably be shorter just because it seems like, you know, technology and the internet, it, it's truncated cycles. So I would expect that to, to apply to this as well. But what I mean is that when, when all of a sudden we're worried about seven, eight, nine, $10 gasoline, when the power bill goes up four X, right? What are people going to do? They're going to cut other places. Where are they going to cut? probably from a lot of subscription type services. They're not going to spend as much on Amazon Prime or maybe they will more. Amazon's kind of an interesting one because you can see them benefiting, you know, either side of it, sort of like a Walmart or a Costco. So that's probably not the best example. But I can guarantee you if inflation continues to be a problem, a lot of these subscription type services are going to get people to cut them, right? It's just, it's the way it works because you have to prioritize. Really for the last 13 years, you go look at commodities, it's one of the quietest times for them. And it makes sense, right? Cyclically, prior to the financial crisis, it was a commodities boom driven by housing and the buildup in China and so on and so forth. 
And there are still threats to it, guys. Like, you know, you look at the amount of commodities that China has soaked up over the last, you know, 15 years. It's ungodly. I mean, it's incredible. There's a stat out there, and Chase, we, Chase and I have discussed on the show somewhere, like, China used more concrete in the space of, like, three years than we did in the previous 50. Something mind-blowing like that. So, of course, slowdowns in China are going to impact these things. The biggest driver to this turn in markets is the lack of investment. We got to take a quick break. We're up against time. Anyway, if you don't have a risk management strategy, give us a call, 866-779-RISK. Again, 866-779-RISK. Go to the radio show website, knowyourriskradio.com, bulwarkcapitalmanagement.com. If you don't want to call us, you can always email in. We can do email correspondence. But there's a better way, guys. Take the the three minutes it takes to call us and educate yourselves. Educate yourselves on how we're lowering fees, improving performance, improving upside, and drastically lowering risk. It's going to be worth your time. Anyway, we'll be right back. Stick with us through the break. You're listening to the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. This is Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham. Listen to Zach discuss key investment strategies across several asset classes, not just stocks and bonds. Get your free copy of Zach's new booklet, Common Sense Investing. Go to knowyourriskradio.com. Are your finances and investments well-positioned for a successful retirement? Join me at Zach Abraham's free live webinar Thursday, April 28th at 3. Zach, what will we learn? Dory, the core of our investment and retirement planning process is protecting portfolios against major losses while still growing assets. In our live webinar, I'll explain how we do it and answer some big questions like, do I have enough to retire? When should I take Social Security? Do I need estate planning or long-term care? And why are investment strategies like the basic 60-40 stock bond portfolio outdated and a risk in today's inflationary environment? Learn how our risk management strategy can protect your retirement. Zach Abraham's free live webinar is 3 p.m. Thursday, April 28th. Space is limited, so reserve now at knowyourriskradio.com. That's knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. And we are back. Thank you so much for being with us and sticking with us. The biggest driver to this turn in markets is the lack of investment. Now, as it relates to the broader market, really quick, let's get to that. Um, look, guys, you, you continue to see rates go up. I was looking at some stuff on the plane prepping for the show. Now, coming into this year, really coming into last year, we were telling everybody, listen, guys, we've been telling you for years to get out of bonds because there's no upside. And that's paid very nice dividends for our clients. Um you know, using our bond alternative strategies because the bond returns have been so meager really for the last decade plus. Um, You know, there's been a couple small situations here and there, but really it's been a losing trade that's barely kept up with inflation rate and and really hasn't caught up, hasn't kept up with the real inflation rate. But one of the things that we've been preaching now, and I want everybody to listen to this part, one one of the things that we've been preaching for the last year and a half, really since COVID hit, was guys, now's the time. Okay, you got to move. This is changing us to an inflationary outlook. And guys, one of the benefits I have, if you're listening to the show and you've only listened to it for a couple times, I would challenge you, go back and listen to previous episodes. You can go log, every single episode interview we've done for the last five to six years is on, on the internet. You can go back and fact check us. But we've been saying for the last year and a half, two years, guys, the game is changing. Wake up. Wake up, because if you don't change with this, you're going to get killed. Why are you going to get killed? Because your portfolio is loaded up in tech and loaded up in bonds. Everybody's talking about the NASDAQ. Right? Everybody's talking about, oh, tech's getting killed. Yeah, it's down 15.6% year to date. Do you know what's down worse? TLT, right? <laughs> U.S. government treasuries. I believe you're down 16%. In the last one year in U.S. government treasuries, you're down 15%, so not quite as bad. But that, that, that defense, right? Your financial advisors told you for years. One of the reasons we own bonds is because they go up when stocks go down. Guys, and this is why I say you got to pay attention and switch. Right? If that premise that your portfolio is built on over a year, 
your defensive capability in your portfolio is down just as much as your stocks, your portfolio's built wrong. A main premise, right? The two, what do you own? You own 60% of your portfolio in stocks, 40% of your portfolio in bonds. Why do we have so much in bonds? You're asking your financial advisor this? Bonds aren't paying anything. I hear this guy on the radio say, get, say, get out of bonds because they're not paying anything and they're expensive. Well, and then your advisor looks at you and he goes, well, yeah, but what he doesn't understand is that bonds go up and stocks go down. Okay. Okay. And you know how much heat I've taken over this over the last six years? I'm talking angry calls, emails. You don't know anything about bonds, right? Well, when, <laughs> when interest rates are zero, you can't win in bonds. And what have we said all along? People do not change at the anticipation of pain. They change at the realization of pain. Now, a lot of you, we're over five, we're at 500 million in assets now. Um, and so a lot of you people have listened to us and you, maybe you've, and I know other people that manage their own money have listened to us as well and said, yeah, we don't like bonds and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, the, the thing I'm hearing all the time is people are like, yeah, you know, you've been right. We've been meaning to call you. And now our bond portfolio is down. Right? We're not making prognostications, guys. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of opinion in the world of you know, financial journalism, if you can call that what we do. It's, it's really not. But there, there's some things that are just fact. When should you not be a bond investor? When they don't pay you interest, right? And, and you know, bonds go up when stocks go down. That's nonsense. That was a correlation that lasted from 1980 to 2008. And it didn't, didn't work before that. hasn't worked since. It's just... I, it's just madness to me, and I hope that you guys are getting the message. We're not we're not making it up. Pull it up. Go look at Pimco Total Return. Pimco Total Return is down. What was that? Let's see if I've got it right there. Yeah, you're down uh, year to date. Let's see. Why isn't that updating? Let's try that. Okay, so year to date, you're down. Now, the Pimco Total Return in my opinion, is one of the best, if not the best managed bond fund out there, certainly over, over a long period of time. It's right in that top, that top discussion. You could probably throw double line up there as well. But year to date, you're down almost nine. Over the last year, PIMCO total return, you're down 10. So average that together, diversified bond portfolio, you're down 12 to 14. You know, with TLT, and you're down just as much as the NASDAQ. Your defense isn't working. And I, I just, I don't see any changes, guys, because you have structural shortfalls in commodities, which means those prices will continue to go up and people will spend money on the things that they have to spend money on, right? I, I, I mean, bottom line, they're not going to be buying as many Pokemon cards. Well, you know, it's like the guy that bought that NFT of Jack Dorsey's first tweet last year for two points. Was it $2.9 million? He just tried to turn around and sell it, and his top bid was, I think, 270 bucks. He had seven bids. Top one was like 220, 220, 270 bucks. Why? I, well, I mean, A, he bought something in the height of a bubble. That's usually what happens. But B, it's because people's attention is moving to different things. Like, they got to spend money on things that they have to spend money on. They're concerned about runaway inflation. And so I'm not saying innovation doesn't matter. We want to keep innovating and we want to keep investing in innovative companies. But the price of that, the price that we're paying for that innovation really matters. And when you look a lot of these, you know, go through Kathy Wood's portfolio, ARKK, it's gotten hammered. Go look at the valuations. They're still nuts. So, you know, people are going to have to get used to the idea that when you, when you can't afford fuel in your car and you're worried about heat in the house, innovation just doesn't matter. It's right. It's higher up on the, on the hierarchy of needs. We got it. We got to cover the first base first. And that's just the, you know, that's the thing I'm just trying to get across to people. We've been talking about it for so long. It's happening now. I know so many of you are still in these 60, 40 stock bond portfolios with mutual funds, with virtually no exposure to energy or natural resources. God forbid you're sitting in 401ks. I have yet to see a 401k that offers good options or viable solutions to add that natural resource or inflationary hedge portion to your portfolio. It's awful. It's awful. And I, you know, furthermore, I don't really know, I don't really know what to, 
I don't really know a fix to that. I mean, if you're 59 and a half or over, 98% of the time you can roll your assets out of your 401k into an IRA uh, managed externally by somebody like us with no costs, no tax implications, none of that. You can roll it. It's called an in-service distribution and virtually every 401k plan allows for that after the age of 59 and a half. If you're before the age of 59 and a half, it's tough. I mean, we go through with our clients all the time. We offer it free for our clients. We call it 401k counseling. If they're not 59 and a half, we go through their 401ks with them and pick out options, but there just aren't many. It's really, it's, it's actually awful. But I, I will continue to say that the rate situation with bonds and tech, it's the slowest moving train wreck of all time. And if your advisor, guys, if the guy managing your money or your advisor wasn't preparing for this, they just don't. I'm sorry. They just don't know what they're doing. And I don't mean that as a slam. I don't mean it in a pejorative way. But I mean, if you thought bonds were still a good idea, I, 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 I just I don't know what to tell you. You just don't understand this business and you don't understand investing because when interest rates are at zero, there is no upside. And like I've told so many of you guys before on the show, sometimes an investment, there's there's many reasons why an investment isn't good. But if an investment can't win, what's the point? Right? Because you accept risk. I mean, the average bond fund was down 15 to 25% during COVID. There's obviously risk there. What's your upside? The yield, two and a half, three percent. Why would you risk 25% to make three? There's CDs out there that could pay you two and a half to three. Right? It's nonsense. Why? So why are they in your portfolio? Well, in large part, if you put your money at CDs, they can't charge a management fee on it. Right? And there's just, I, I look at our real estate portfolio that we use that's still paying an 8% dividend that's paid out monthly. That's, and, and the fund is fully liquid every 30 days. It's performing like a champ. I look at our fixed indexed annuities with no cap, no fee that are still, you know, cruising along. And we've got, we've got a couple products that have underperformed. It's nothing perfect, but our average fixed indexed annuity over the last 10 years has averaged between six, six and a half percent a year. We've had a couple products in there that are, that are below that, that have had, you know, we had one, one product in particular had a, just it went through a really tough time with its index, but we look back on it, it still swamped out bond returns and it did it with zero risk and zero fee. Now the real magic is you combine the two together and over the last 10 years, they've averaged like seven and a half percent and their worst drawdown was during COVID and combined those two, that bond replacement strategy, the two parts of it, the real estate fund and the annuity, they were down 1.8% and they've been averaging six to seven together. It's just, there's such easy solutions for this. And it just, I guess anger is not the right word because I don't think these people are doing it for, for malicious reasons. I just don't think they know what they're doing. Um, anyway, okay, so we want to move on to the commodities part of the show. As always, guys, give us a call, 866-779-RISK. Again, 866-779-RISK. If you want solutions, if you want a portfolio that can work, and not only just work, but profit, Right, work wonderfully in a rising interest rate environment. Call us 866-779-RISK and 866-779-RISK. Lower your risk, drastically increase your upside, and all the while lowering your costs. We got to take a quick break. Stick with us. We're gonna be right back to hit on the commodity stuff. You're listening to the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. This is Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham. Listen to Zach uncover the truth about the financial markets with simple and honest advice to help you plan for retirement. Get your free copy of Zach's new booklet, Common Sense Investing. Go to knowyourriskradio.com. Are your finances and investments well positioned for a successful retirement? Join me at Zach Abraham's free live webinar Thursday, April 28th at 3. Zach, what will we learn? Dory, the core of our investment and retirement planning process is protecting portfolios against major losses while still growing assets. In our live webinar, I'll explain how we do it and answer some big questions like, do I have enough to retire? When should I take Social Security? Do I need estate planning or long-term care? And why are investment strategies like the basic 60-40 stock bond portfolio outdated and a risk in today's inflationary environment? Learn how our risk management strategy can protect your retirement. 
Zach Abraham's free live webinar is 3 p.m. Thursday, April 28th. Space is limited, so reserve now at knowyourriskradio.com. That's knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice can't be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management's an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC, an SEC-registered investment. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. And we are back. All right, so a couple things I want to tidy up here before we get to our segment, which is the five rules. And again, what we're doing in this episode, and, and I might extend it into a deep dive depending on how time works out here. But I want to lay down the rules, the, are my five rules for investing in commodities. And are there more? Yes. But these are the five that I have really paid attention to the most in my career. And guys, there's always been bad ones in there, but we have had exceptional uh, results investing in commodities. And um, I'm going to kind of walk you through those five rules. But before we do that, I um, w- want to tidy up a few things that we're seeing. Um, a lot of people are talking about Twitter, Elon Musk making the bid for Twitter. <clears throat> I got I to gotta be honest with you. Elon Musk is a tough character for me. There's a part of me that despises the way that he uses his platform. You guys all know my thoughts on Tesla being overvalued. At times, I've thought it was fraudulent. I really don't know. I'm, I, I really lean toward it not being. I think that there's very aggressive accounting. Um, but Musk is really, he's a nethma to me. I, it's very hard for me to get my hands around him because there's parts of me that despises how he operates. I think he shows absolute contempt for the SEC and regulators. I understand that. I think that the way he does it is irresponsible. At the same time, I cheer for his champion or the way he champions, you know, freedom of speech. Um, you know, the way he is very much a free thinker. He is not your classic elite. He's not worried about the, the woke mob. And so there's a part of me that really appreciates that. Um, and and in that in that vein... The, the right the part that I really appreciate about him, you know, I love the ideas takeover bid for Twitter. So many people are like, "Oh, what do you think? Is it too late to get in?" Twitter's a tough one for us. Um, I, I'll tell you, I think it's very undervalued. Um, we owned it in the portfolio uh, probably up until about a month ago, so we didn't get this latest pop. Um, it doesn't really bother me because. The reason that we unloaded it was because it was too hard for us, and I could not justify having that capital in Twitter in this environment when I knew that I could plug it into more of these energy and commodity plays. And I knew at the time that I was taking that risk. I knew at that time, and and it's just like this. We've all been there. I was sitting there going, you know what, if I sell this thing, it's going to pop. But um. I don't really have any opinions on it. I think it's a really messy situation. I think the platform is undervalued. I also think it's going to be very hard to monetize it. It's just a, it's a different form of social media. I just think there are too many other opportunities out there, right? It's not saying that I don't think it can work. I think Twitter could triple from here. Um, I, I just, I, you know, I own companies that are worth three to four times the amount right now that we paid for their stock. And I just can't say that at Twitter, right? So really no opinions on the, on the Twitter thing. Um, <clears throat> anyway, what else happened this week? I, I unfortunately, and I, th- this is not a shot at this person at all. There was a clip put out with Biden finishing a speech that first of all, didn't make a lot of sense. And he turned to shake hands with somebody that wasn't there. I, listen, I'm not piling on. I'm just saying <laughs> everywhere you look, I just see chaos. And if you don't think that this is going to add to the chaos, you're out of your mind. Um, I think that this election cycle is going to be just insane. I think the presidential cycle coming up is going to be even more insane. Um, everywhere you look, I, I just see the world changing and I just don't see enough investors pivoting with it. So I, I just think risk management is going to continue to be key. Um, you know, both for protecting against the downside and then also taking taking care of, or excuse me, taking advantage of opportunities. And if you're not getting that, I just, I just don't know what to tell you. I just don't. 
you know, I know that people, I've said this a million times on the show. I know people hear a guy like me talk, they're like, oh, he's trying to pitch his own wear. Well, that's partially true, right? That's one of the reasons we're on the show. Um, but some of us don't just do it from an angle of sales, right? Um, like I've told people, I'm like, look, you're going to have to believe us in the beginning, but eventually you'll, you, eventually you'll trust us. And by trust us, I mean, you'll realize that we're one of the good guys, that we're really trying to do the right things. You know, like, I, you know, for instance, us hiring Pinecone Macro, right? Chase Taylor. You know how many firms our size employ full-time analysts? Virtually none. There's a couple out there. Virtually none. Why do we do that? And Chase isn't cheap, by the way, and he shouldn't be. Why do we do that? Because that's the whole goal of our firm, guys, is to tire, tirelessly be out there hunting for ways to improve our clients' results regardless of the cost it, it poses to us, Right? I was looking at it. I think we spent about $250,000 this last year on research alone. Firms our size don't do that. Why do we do that? Because we've made a fiduciary pledge to our clients to do the absolute best we can for them. And I can tell you at the big investment houses, it's not that they're cheating you, right? Their goal is to sell what they sell, right? That's their goal. It's not to maximize your returns. It's in, and, and again, like I don't fault them. That's their business. But if you wonder why you're not getting this kind of information, if you're wondering why your advisor wasn't telling you two years ago to get out of bonds, if you're wondering why your advisor did not make sure you had plenty of exposure to commodities and natural resources, despite the fact that we've seen the inflation train heading at us for uh, what seemed like 100 miles, why? A, They've not been taught to do that. They don't know how to do that. But B, that's not the goal of the company they work for. The goal of the company that they work for is to sell their wares. The goal of our company as a purely a fiduciary investor for our clients is to generate the best results. So the aim is just different. Now, part of that aim is knowing when we need to pivot our accounts, right? And... You guys have known our thing, you know, pitching the whole inflation story. But in that vein, I wanted to go over the five rules that we have for commodity investing. And it literally are rules that I've been following since probably 2005. And these rules have been developed through a couple of ways. First of all, these rules have been developed through listening to other great investors and getting to see some of them up close. Many of you know my background of being in mining uh, uh, involuntarily, right? (laughs) Uh, Being involved in in, in mining and natural resource plays since I was a little kid. You've seen the upside of it. You've seen the success stories. You've seen the failure. You've also seen that some of these people continually end up on the right side of things. So you start to listen to them, right? You're starting to listen to the rules they have. Another big source of these rules is watching the failures and realizing that had we just paid attention to this one metric, we would have avoided that pain. So out of that deal, and like I've told you, we've never taken big losses in commodities. And one of the reasons for that is adhering to these rules. So rule number one, you have to make volatility your friend. Okay, what do I mean by that? Well, what I would tell you is you have to pull up a chart of oil. Just go look at oil over the last year. Look at the swings, right? Think about oil. In the last year, we've gone from, well, geez, not even the last year. Last, what, six months? We've been as low as 66, as high as 130, 138 on Brent, right? Think of the range of that. Why is it so important to make volatility your friend? Because Unlike other asset classes, 20, 30, even 40% moves in commodities or other related, you know, commodity related stocks, that's not a huge deal, right? If you go out and buy a tech company or whatever, and the thing drops 40%, typically that means something has gone wrong, right? That's not always a buy the dip scenario. Now, again, the last 10 years, first of all, the big boys, I don't think you've ever had a drop of Apple that large or anything like that, but, um, 
that rule has not existed, but that it is always the case in commodity markets. They're going to be volatile. And that's why the research and the educational part of it is so important because the only thing that you can trust is the research and the fundamentals, which gets me to my next rule, rule number two. And this is very different from the environment that we have been in. And if you think about the environment we've been been in, it really is a story-driven environment, right, of how great it's going to be. Now, there have been incredible innovation, right? I'm, I'm not saying that the innovation isn't real. Incredible companies, incredible new technologies have been birthed. But when you see things trading at 250, 500 price to earnings ratios, when you see things trading, nor, you know, when you see a bunch of stuff trading at 20, 30 times revenue, uh, you know, some stuff trading at 50, 60 times revenue, you know, by definition, it's a story. Why? Because you have to believe a story to pay that much for a stock. And what we've got to do is we've got to change our thinking around because when you're a commodities investor, financials are everything. And honestly, I'd prefer much less story. That's why some of the, some of the companies that we own right now, um, I guarantee you, you've never heard of them. And that's because they don't spend a lot on promotion. They're not out pumping their story, right? They're not out there pumping for interviews on CNBC. And why aren't they doing that? Because they've got the goods, right? And, and that's all as a commodity company you need, right? If you're producing oil at six bucks a barrel, you don't need a story. That is the story, right? You'll let the financials talk for themselves, right? If you're a negative cash flowing tech company that believes it's going to be so great in the future and it very well could be you've got to sell a story to get investors to buy your stock your negative cash flowing company they have to believe that the future is great that is not the case in, in commodities investing and actually the only ways i've seen people lose tons of money is in in, in the commodity space well i've there's several ways but the biggest way i've seen people lose a ton of money in the commodity space is by investing in stories Right. And every once in a while, you can throw a little bit of a, you know, a flyer at a, at a small speculative company that may or may not be sitting on a, on a potentially big asset, whether it's a gold miner or a silver miner or an oil company or whatever the case may be. But in general, we want to avoid the stories. It's a completely different way of investing, right? You're not going to see a commodities company stock, you know, lead the S and P for five years, <laughs> And have negative cash flow. You're just not going to see it. Okay, so we've got to think financials are everything. We got to take a quick break. We're up against time. Anyway, if you don't have a risk management strategy, give us a call. 866-779-RISK. Again, 866-779-RISK. Go to the radio show website, knowyourriskradio.com, bulwarkcapitalmanagement.com. If you don't want to call us, you can always email in. We can do email correspondence. But there's a better way, guys. Take the, 30, the three minutes it takes to call us and educate yourselves. Educate yourselves on how we're lowering fees, improving performance, improving upside, and drastically lowering risk. It's going to be worth your time. Anyway, we'll be right back. Stick with us through the break. You're listening to the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. Do better in bull markets. Do better in bear markets. Pay less fees in all markets. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. You can subscribe to Zach's free newsletter, The Bulwark Insider Report, at knowyourriskradio.com. Are your finances and investments well-positioned for a successful retirement? Join me at Zach Abraham's free live webinar Thursday, April 28th at 3. Zach, what will we learn? Dory, the core of our investment and retirement planning process is protecting portfolios against major losses while still growing assets. In our live webinar, I'll explain how we do it and answer some big questions like, do I have enough to retire? When should I take Social Security? Do I need estate planning or long-term care? And why are investment strategies like the basic 60-40 stock bond portfolio outdated and a risk in today's inflationary environment? Learn how our risk management strategy can protect your retirement. Zach Abraham's free live webinar is 3 p.m. Thursday, April 28th. Space is limited, so reserve now at knowyourriskradio.com. That's knowyourriskradio.com. 
Investment advice can't be given without client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. And we are back. Thank you so much for being with us and sticking with us. My next rule, we have to avoid snake oil. Like I said, we can throw a little bit here and there at some of these more speculative plays. And the reason I say that is because I've seen some of them hit. I, I remember... I remember when Silver Standard was in what was considered its infancy days. You could buy it dirt cheap. And, you know, I've, I've got family members who've made piles on that. Rick Rule made piles on that. Um, you, you can take some small shots, but you need to, in my opinion, that's like a portion of the portfolio, right? It's a smaller, you know, your home run portion. But we have to avoid the snake oil because there's been... Um, what is the name of uh, the movie? There, there, was a, there was a famous story that every investor should know about. And you can just go Google the story. Call, Google a company called Briex. Um, and there's several other. There was another one pushed actually by Bob Friedland, who's an incredible investor, made a ton of money. But he had a disaster on his hands in Summitville. The Summitville uh, mine in, in Colorado, which is how he got coined the term toxic Bob. And I don't even want to say it because I, I would love to have Bob Friedland on the show at some point. Um, and he hates that, you know, justifiably so hates that nickname. But um, it, it, you go look at the, I mean, and one is not, I don't want to equate the two stories. Briex and Summitville are not the same. Briex was just now, now fraud. But if you done your research and if you really, really dug deep, and you talk to some really knowledgeable geologists. The Briex thing, you could see it coming. And everybody says that in hindsight, but I'm just saying, I, can't, I don't have time to get into the geology and all these kind of... But it was one of those things that to believe the Briex story, you had to set everything else you know about geology and mining aside. It just did not fit the bill. Okay? Summitville was a completely different story. H- having said that, and again, I don't have time to go into it, but Summitville was a mine in Colorado that had some very promising reserves. But one of the things that was interesting about it is it had a big, it had a bunch of tailings, a bunch of what well, the kind of the leftovers of the, of, of the ore. And they had tons of it. And the idea, and on paper, it worked out that basically by remilling the tailings and reprocessing them, there was still enough gold and I, I believe it was gold and silver in Summitville, I could be wrong, but basically you could extract enough metal out of the tailings to finance the build out of the mine. And you could do it via cyanide heap leaching, which is you put, you know, you you just keep dumping cyanide over the top and cyanide eats away the organic material and all you have left. um, I'm greatly truncating the process here, but all you have left is the metal. Um, But still there were, there were ways Again, the importance of the homework. The investors that I know that steered away from the Summitville mine and that and that investment, they'd done deep research. And what they knew was that nobody was paying any attention to the elevation of the Summitville mine. Now, this is a perfect illustration of why homework matters in the commodity space. Because cyanide heap leaching loses efficacy the higher you go up in altitude. And they were doing the calculations and going, look, these guys are right about the amount of metals there. But if they use enough cyanide at that elevation, they're not going to get anywhere near the, pro- the, the margin on those metals that they expect. Not to mention the environmental risks with using that much cyanide. Well, sure enough, that's what happened. The bladder underneath the tailings pond uh, was ruptured and it, it leaked tons of cyanide into the, into the nearby river and just decimated miles of river. So it was not a fraud. It was not intentional, but, and nobody knew that the bladder would rupture. My whole point was when you looked at the reality of the property and you understood that altitude via relationship with, with cyanide heap leach or, or cyanide, that cyanide leaching process, heap leaching, you understood that they weren't going to get the, they weren't going to get the returns. They weren't going to get the grades. They weren't going to get the margins off the metals. And then you did the numbers. And you went, this is not financially viable. 
So the research is everything, and you got to avoid the snake oil. Next rule, number four. Now, we're all familiar with this rule because the same is true in real estate as it is in commodities. Location, location, location. One of the most important parts of commodity investing is location. Why? Because you are buying into the, the ultimate definition of a, of a fixed asset. It can't move. Can't move a mine, right? So first and foremost, obviously, you've got to look at geopolitical risk. Is this the type of government or is this the type of area where you know that the ownership of that mine is secure, right? Second of all, you've got to look at, you've got to look at transportation vi- viability, you got to sit there and go, okay, can, can these guys, I'm sure, I'm, I believe that there's this great asset there, but can you extract the asset at a profit and then get it to where you can sell it? Can you bring it to the market? Are there threats to bring it into the market? Maybe there's political instability that even though the location of your mine is safe, maybe you can't get your ore out for a year, maybe two years, depending on things going. So you have to understand the location. And I think the location of investments when you're looking at commodities is just as important as the quality of the asset. Meaning, first of all, right, we're not even going to entertain something that isn't a high quality asset that we don't think has a lot of reserves, that we don't think has a lot of potential. Right. But the next thing we want to look at is where is it located? What do, what do local politics look like? What are the potential political threats and can they outweigh it? Now, sometimes... We've got some investments in in places that are considered historically much more risky in the geopolitical side of it. Why are we willing to take that risk? Because we believe the price we're paying for the stock more than discounts that risk. And what do I mean by that? Well, if let's say there's a company out there that's worth $8 billion and they're trading for like a $900 million market cap. And the biggest reason for that discount is geopolitical risk. If I think as an investor of that company, I can make more than the $900 million that I'm paying for the stock over the next 16 months, that political risk looks a lot different to me, right? Because I'm basically getting 100% ROI over the next 16 months. I'm not worried about owning this thing for five years, right? And the amount of political risk that exists in a five to seven year window is just naturally much larger than the risk that exists in a 16 month window. But you have to understand the location, 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 just like real estate. And then the last one I want to put on here, guys, is that this is, unfortunately, it doesn't last forever, just like the run-up in tech. The other biggest thing about commodities is you got to know when to sell. you got to know when things are overheated. Believe it or not, now, guys, we're not even close to that, and I'm not saying we're not. But what I will say is that you're going to see some jaw-dropping pullbacks in commodities that are going to make people think it's over. Right. And this goes back to volatility being your friend. I, me and Chase Taylor have already been talking about the end of this cycle, right? Already getting our head around it. Why? Because we know we're on the right track. So what is the next thing we want to focus on the risk? What are the things that could, right? Once we're on the right track, once we know we've got a winning direction, the next thought should not be thinking about how great it's going to be. It should be identifying when it's over, when it's time to pull back. And, and, that's where this active management comes in, right? Because if you just ride commodities long enough, for the most part, you'll run, run, for the most part, you'll run it up and you'll give it all back. You'll pull an arc. You'll get some wonderful short-term performance and then you'll give it all back. And what does this all go back to, you guys? Risk management. Risk management. You're going into an environment where none of the mutual funds out there are positioned this way. None of the ETFs out there are positioned this way because all they do, all they are, are mirrors of the past. When you look at the composition of virtually every, not every, but, but the vast majority of ETFs and mutual funds out there, they are a representation of what has worked, what not what's going to work. And, and that is precisely why you're going to see active management make a huge comeback. It's exactly why, you know, after, you know, our value portfolio underperformed the S&P, not by big numbers. I mean, we hung in there. We did fairly well, but we underperformed the S&P for about four out of the last six years, I want to say. Now, all of a sudden, we've outperformed the last two in a row. 
and and drastically outperforming the downside. It's active management. The game is shifting right beneath your feet. You need somebody watching this. And if you realize what I'm saying is true, if you're concerned about inflation, if you realize that your portfolio is totally exposed to inflation and rising rates, give us a call, 866-779-RISK. Again, 866-779-RISK. Go to the radio show website, knowyourriskradio.com, bulwarkcapitalmanagement.com. Follow me on Twitter, at KYR Radio. Guys, and just call. We'll tell you exactly how we do it, tell you exactly what it costs, show you our performance. There is a better way. Please don't call me when you're down another 20%. There's a better way we can pay less, take way less risk, make way more upside. There's just a better way. Give us a call. Now, I've got more to say, so we are going to continue on in the deep dive segment here. So hop on, the, hop on the podcast to catch the rest of it. It's not a lot. I'll probably only do another 15, 20 minutes, but, but go to knowyourriskradio.com. Google Know Your Risk Radio Podcast. You guys know the drill. Anyway, we got to take quick, or excuse me, we got to go. We're out of time already. Uh, Have a wonderful weekend. Happy Easter to all of you. And we'll see you again next week. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. Thanks for listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. Whether it's preservation of capital or an aggressive growth strategy, every investor needs a clearly defined risk profile. Schedule your free risk review with Zach Abraham now at knowyourriskradio.com. Zach will be back with more Know Your Risk Radio next Saturday at noon on 97.3 Cairo FM and AM 770 KTTH. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management. Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Are your finances and investments well-positioned for a successful retirement? Join Zach Abraham's free live webinar Thursday, April 28th at 3. Zach, what are we going to learn? Chad, the core of our investment and retirement planning process is protecting portfolios against major losses while still growing assets. In our live webinar, I'll explain how we do it and answer some big questions like, do I have enough to retire? When should I take Social Security? Do I need estate planning or long-term care? And why are investment strategies like the basic 60-40 stock bond portfolio outdated and a risk in today's inflationary environment? Learn how our risk management strategy can protect your retirement. Zach Abraham's free live webinar, 3 p.m. Thursday, April 28th. Space is limited, so reserve now at knowyourriskradio.com. That's knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.